Hey kids, Mandy here, and I wanted to personally invite you to join me for Cincinnati Song Initiative's first ever Fellowship of the Song, happening May 20th through 25th. In addition to a week full of amazing concerts, song workshops, and classes, I'll be leading some seriously fun study events on heartwarming topics such as murder ballads and exploring death through music and poetry. Should be a great time! (laughs) You can participate as an auditor, whether you come to Cincinnati in person or join remotely from your comfiest couch. And the best part is that all the week's events will be recorded for unlimited viewing through June 26th. So, what are you waiting for? Head to cincinnatisonginitiative.org forward slash audit to learn more about this groundbreaking new program for song. And I hope to see you in person or online. Give me a second because yeah. I just realized I better close this window before I like annoy all of my neighbors by like <laughs> shouting about <laughs> art song <laughs> out the window at 818 in the morning. <laughs> And welcome to Follow the Leader with me, your host, Mandy Madrid Sikich. If you are a fan of the podcast, remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. And remember, if you like what we are doing on the podcast, tell your friends. And if you don't, then tell your enemies, because as I like to say, any publicity is good publicity. On today's episode of Follow the Leader, do I have a treat for you? I decided I wanted to do something a little bit different. Uh, I decided I wanted to be surprised. So I invited my friend Dylan Perez, who is a London-based pianist. I invited him to come on the podcast and share with us two songs from his recent album with tenor Ted Black. I told him, Dylan, come on the podcast, share some recordings, but don't tell me what you're going to share because I really want to be surprised. So I am so excited that he took me up on this offer and indulged my uh, desire to be surprised. Uh, Before we turn to our conversation, a little bit about Dylan. Dylan is a highly sought after recitalist, chamber musician, and coach specializing in vocal repertoire. Uh, Dylan studied at the Guildhall School of Music and Drama, uh, which is where I met him. He's won so many prizes. He won the Gerald Moore Prize for accompanist. He's also won the Oxford Leader Young Artist Platform, where he was performing with contralto Jess Dandy. Uh, He's also been a semi-finalist in the Das Lied International Song Competition and also the Wigmore Hall Independent Opera Song Competition. He was also a finalist in the Kathleen Ferrier Awards. Uh, He made his debut at Wigmore Hall with Emma Nikolovska in 2019. This guy's just been playing everywhere and knows all the things. And uh, (laughs) you're going to hear we have a super fun time together. So let's get into it. is actually now recording. Oh, and our waveforms are traveling at the oh, same good. speed. <laughs> That's fabulous. Okay, we've got it working now. Dylan Perez, you're here. <laughs> Party. Oh my God, thank you so much for joining us on Follow the Leader. Uh, I have been greatly looking forward to speaking with you. I mean... Listen, we're going to have a good time today. I can't wait. Thank you for asking me to be on. Of course. 
you know, we've been we've been putting this together for a long time, so I'm glad it's happening. I know. So am I. So am I. So can you uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, what you do? Yes. Um, well, I was born in Michigan, and I studied there and went to um, University of Michigan and studied with Martin Katz, um, accompaniment, collaborative piano, whatever they, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I say, I say, just call me whatever you want as long as you pay me. That's all. I meant, <laughs> really. Um, and uh, then I moved to London about nine years ago. Actually, I just had my nine-year anniversary, which is pretty insane. Wow, um, really? Yeah. Nine years? Yeah, crazy. Um, and I studied at the Guildhall, and now I'm a freelance uh, collaborative pianist and vocal coach in London. I do lots of, like, at-home coachings, which is lovely. Singers bring things in to uh, sing through with me, and I kind of help them along on the learning process and tell them what sounds good and what sounds like it needs improved <laughs> what a nice way of putting that <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um this might need some improvement <laughs> yes yeah that's the ni- that's my nice way of, of saying it i don't know if i've ever told you this but when i first got to guild hall there was like this mythical figure i had heard about and his name was dylan perez <laughs> Oh my God, that's so And I just, I remember just like hearing about, oh, Dylan, he, he like knows all the people and can play all the things and, (laughs) and, and just like does, does it all. And I just was so in awe and already impressed before I had even met you. And I would like creep around the halls, like wondering (laughs) who he was. I was like, ooh, is that him? Is that him? (laughs) That's so funny. I, I guess I, I did do a lot at both University of Michigan and Guildhall, I kind of just like played for everybody, didn't say no often, which was a big learning process as well. Oh, Um, honey, for us all. Definitely. (laughs) I was like absolutely exhausted most of the time and didn't know who I was and, but was still enjoying it mostly. So yes, well, that's lovely. I I don't, (laughs) I, I don't know how I got mythical status but i kind of like it <laughs> i mean you do have mythical status and you like surpassed that in every way shape and form <laughs> and then i remember like the first time we like kind of hung out and i was like oh i'm so special dude <laughs> Perez wants to hang out with me <laughs> well, i wanted to hang out with you because i was like oh my god finally a normal person <laughs> Oh, normal. Really? What a compliment. Listen, compared to lots of other people that I had met. (laughs) So today you are here to share with us two songs from a new recording. Is this right? Is this what's happening? Yes, it just came out on September the 8th. And um, it's a new uh, live recording from a concert that I did with tenor Ted Black, who's fabulous. Um, and we met at uh, Royal College of Music a few years ago, and we decided to apply to the um, program that is run by the Abbey called Wyomont in France. And Ooh. basically, you go there four times a year for a week at a time, and you're, it's masterclass settings. So you have a pianist and a vocal person masterclass master teacher um and throughout the week you work on different repertoire with them so this was and then we we also did um 
recitals at the Musée d'Orsay as part of that, in front of different paintings that we would choose and like kind of illuminate the paintings through music, which was very fun. Um, and at the end of that, uh, we had a live recital that was also recorded. And we did a few patchings after that, but mainly it's, it's a live take of, um, of what we did and what we learned. Was that scary? Live take situation? Yeah, it was scary, but you know, also because we were like really immersed in the music for such a long period of time, it just felt like kind of an extension of what we had just been doing all the time. It was a bit scary. And actually, uh, uh, Ted has been really busy because he's in demand at the Fina Staatsoper. <laughs> oh my! And, and um, so he couldn't actually come to the last week of master classes. So I invited another friend of mine to come along. And Ted just came in for literally two days in. And then the next day, uh, rehearse, recital, record, and then leave. Whoa. It was basically that. So th that Whoa. part was intense. Yes. So I'm pretty definitely. happy with the result. Um, Amazing. But yes, we've got two songs. The first one is quite hefty in length. So I hope that's okay. It's totally okay. Oh, and by the way, I actually just have to fill in my listener. So this is the first time I'm doing anything of this sort. I actually have absolutely no idea what songs we are talking about today. Um, other than I know one is German and one is French, which is an incredible exception I have made for you, my dear, because on Follow the Leader, we usually only talk about... Le actually, we've done some English, I think, too, at some point, haven't we? I think we've done some English. Well, well, the, the French has a bit of German influence, I'll say that. Oh, wonder. Okay, so it ties right in. Yes. Okay, I'm so, ex I'm so excited to hear what we're going to be listening to, do to today and what you're going to talk about. So should we get into it? Yeah, let's do it, baby. Okay, so da, 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 what's the first song you are going to be sharing with us? Okay, so I'm very excited to introduce that the first song, the first surprise song is, yes, in French, en français, and it's called <laughs> De Rêve from uh, Prose Lyrique by Claude Debussy. Um, De Rêve means uh, of dreams. And we'll cut there for a minute because I need to turn off the... <laughs> <laughs> okay, do it, do it. Sorry, I forgot I had laundry on. <laughs> How dare you do laundry while we podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, don't worry about it. I've been up and down like already so many times. <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. Okay, so de rêve, which means uh, of dreams, and it's got a an ellipsis after that, dot, 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 de rêve, dot, 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 um, is a really cool song. It's the first song of his prose lyrique, and Debussy wrote these in 1892, um, kind of before and during the process of Peleas et Melisande, his opera, I think I'm not good with dates, so don't don't at me or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, it's okay, but I it's can all, fact it, check all this. <laughs> yeah, it's all around that time. So, uh, and also a really interesting tidbit is that these four songs were all uh, musically written by Debussy and also the poetry was written by Debussy. Oh, which, interesting. Yes. And, you know, he's really trying to, I think he was really obsessed with symbolism and mm -hmm. all this kind of imagery at the time, like a lot of poetry was. 
And so he's really trying to make his own symbols in words that are being reflected in music. Oh, I see. So, Do you maybe want to read us a translation? Um, I'll read your translation. Yeah, I'll read your translation. And um, it, it is bonkers weird. But mm. we're just going to go along with it. And let yourself just like lull back and, you know, forget about life for a minute, I guess. <laughs> okay. I love this. Okay, I'm actually going to like sit back, close my eyes and allow you to read to me in your sultry tones. Okay. <laughs> so this is Of Dreams by Claude Debussy with a translation by the one and only Richard Stokes. The night has a woman's softness, and the old trees beneath the golden moon dream of her who has just gone by, her head bespangled, now broken-hearted, forever broken-hearted. They were not able to beckon her. All, all have gone by, the frail, the foolish, scattering their laughter on the thin grass, casting to the glancing breezes the bewitching caress of their burgeoning hips. Alas, of all this, nothing is left but a pale tremor. The old trees beneath the golden moon tearfully shed their lovely golden leaves. No one will plight them again the pride of golden helmets, now tarnished, forever tarnished. The knights have died in their quest for the grail. The knight has a woman's softness. Hands seem to brush the souls. Hands so foolish, so frail, in the days when swords sang for them. Strange sighs rose from beneath the trees. My soul, you are gripped by some former dream. Oh my. <laughs> this is incredible. Uh, it's incredible because, I mean, first of all, French poetry is so much different than German poetry, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually don't know if we've covered, well, I guess I have covered something a bit later. I'm just kind of thinking about the time frames. Most of the poetry that we cover was written you know, at the beginning of the 19th century, if not yeah. maybe a little bit before. Um, so this is just a different, a different world altogether. Totally. So tell me, what speaks to you about this poem? Okay, so the poem to me, first of all, I think it's really interesting that it was written by Debussy himself. Mm -hmm. And that Obviously, he's really trying to replicate the poetry of the time with symbolism. Lots of Baudelaire influences in there. And I think he was really trying to expand his compositional technique so that he could really fuse together music and words. And to be honest, I'm not quite sure which one came first. I don't mm. know if the words came first or if the music came first. But it really feels like they're one and the same. So almost as if he's writing it at the same time or adjusting the words to fit the music or vice versa, depending on if he liked 
what he was writing in the moment or something. It'd be so interesting to speak with a composer, you know, composer slash poet about that specific process, especially with something like this, where they do seem so one and the same. Yeah, definitely. I I haven't Um, heard the music yet. I actually don't know if I've ever heard this. I mean... Well, yeah, I think think the, the four are kind of more obscure WC as well. They're, they're all quite long. Um, mm-hmm. And they're, the music is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always make sense. They're, they're, they have like, there's like a real sense of gravitas to them, which is what I was saying before about the, the kind of German influence with this. He was also mm-hmm. really highly influenced by Wagner. Uh, and um, I think this, you can hear that in the Baudelaire songs that he wrote. He wrote five poems of Baudelaire as well. And in these prose lyrique, you can really hear the kind of fullness of texture um, that he got from Wagner and this kind of like wide, expansive uh, musical experience. Mm-hmm. But also you can feel that it still has like the transparency of French music, which I think mm-hmm. that's why I really like the, the dichotomy of the two. It's oh, really interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah, just kind of flipping through this music, it does look very interesting. Like, ooh, I want to know what that sounds like and what this is going to sound like. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe we could go ahead and take a listen now. I feel like there was one one other thing. I, oh, I just wanted to say, before we listen, I just wanted to say I love the translation of the word bespangled. Like, Yeah. <laughs> Of course. What? Do you know yeah. which which French word in particular that was that was translated thusly? The, the word for bespangled, I, I think, is is emperlé. Perlé, which is like the French word for pearled. Pearled. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so okay. emperlé means like beaded or like... To, like empearled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> which like, I guess would make sense in English, but you'd, you'd be like... Wait, hold like, on. What does that? There's so many times, like trans, you know, when you work with translations, both from French and German, where I'm, where I'm like, I think we can just kind of use that in English. Like, yeah. I, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I like know what the image is, which is really amazing, actually, because that that's all part of symbolism in poetry, in French poetry. Mm. It's all about like not really having any real like visceral emotions to it, but seeing the symbols and the images just as they pass by. And then overall, it creates this kind of feeling. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. So let's go ahead and listen. It's long, sorry. Oh, 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 
Recording number three. Here we go. Oh, my God. This has been the most technologically fraught (laughs) episode of Follow the Leader in history. But it's okay. We're soldiering on. Things are wonderful. Things are great. It's a wonderful Monday. (laughs) I mean, I didn't even know how to attach my headphones to my iPad earlier. So, you know, it's fine. It's okay. I think crisis averted. I think we got all the stuff. You're here. (laughs) And Dylan, that recording was gorgeous. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Okay. So tell me all the things. Like, what was it like learning that music, rehearsing that music, and then the actual performance? Yeah. So I've been, I actually learned these a few years ago, maybe like actually at Michigan when I was at Michigan. So maybe like 15 wow. years ago, right? Okay. But a long time ago mm-hmm. and like was like, should not have played them then, but I did learn them and I did. I think we, we, we all played things in our youth that we probably shouldn't. Have yeah, exactly. <laughs> so actually coming back to them and like really delving into that, into, we recorded this first one and the third one, but we did work on all four. Got it. With the teachers. And um, Ted had actually learned them all before as well. So we kind of came at it like with a knowledge of the songs anyway. So the rehearsal mm. process was pretty easy because we just kind of like fit the puzzle pieces together. That's amazing. That's amazing. Which, and yeah. I feel like it's always a good choice when you are like getting ready for a performance or to record, right? Like when you're visiting old friends, they just kind of settle in a deeper, like more grounded place in your body. Definitely, definitely. That's exactly how we felt. And like learning it, these these are definitely technically challenging for WC. They're really at one moment very light and very kind of effervescent, and then at another moment very like heavy and chordal and um almost chorale like. And so they are very difficult, but you once you get them under your fingers and you follow the shape it really kind of fits together. It's it. I find that with WC all the time. Like it's mm-hmm. a pain to learn, but it's really worth it in the end. Yes, you know the process of going through learning it, figuring out where things go, but then when it settles, like when everything kind of like notches into place. Yeah, feels absolutely incredible. Like like wearing silk almost. Yeah, definitely. It just feels like right, and it couldn't be any other way. I just really enjoy the harmonies that WC has come up with and the kind of like moments of mystery that like at the beginning he uses this kind of like whole tone ish vibe going on where we don't really know like what key we're in and then all of a sudden we get these kind of major to minor and then weird chords before we go on to to this like real kind of luxurious melodic moment that is firmly in a key center for well for a few bars at least <laughs> but, um, but but um i like the kind of the transitions that he has between these like harmonic mm-hmm. um safety mm. places yes in the music yes. and then kind of these nebulous moments as well and and i also feel really understood what you meant when I got to the end of the piece I really had this sense of of the all these images and things that had washed over me by the end and I was compelled to take a deep breath yeah really let that all integrate you know into my consciousness into my soul well I always take a deep breath after as well but that's mainly (laughs) to make sure that I'm still alive at the end of it (laughs) 
my god too real too real i know what you mean <laughs> uh well and so had you i had, i can't remember if you had told us a little bit about ted but could you tell us a little bit about ted you said yeah, you met him at rcm Yes, so at the Royal College of Music in London, he was a student and I was on the piano, collaborative piano fellowship there. Um, uh, and we met there and we just really hit it off. We've got the same kind of like uh, interests in the same kind of music and it just feels very natural, very easy. And plus he's a fantastic singer with a really interesting range as a tenor. He's got a really lovely like baritonal quality in the middle, but also has an extension up top. And his languages are great. He's a hard worker. He, you know, he just checks all the boxes. Love, and love and he's a fun person. So I you love know. that. The yeah. whole package. <laughs> yeah. And actually these songs had never been recorded by a tenor before. So that's wow. another interesting thing. They do work for tenor. You have to have like a specific kind of tenor. One that has a real nice kind of baritonal right. bottom. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> we do lo love a, a good tenor with a good bottom. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> oh my, on that note, should we move on? <laughs> so, okay, yes. I, I thank you, first of all, for sharing that um, with us. We never get to hear French music on Follow the Leader. So that was a real treat for us to have an experience completely different than what we're used to. But now we're going to turn to our tried and true German songs. So yes. what have you brought for us to listen to today? Well, I funny you should ask. I have brought another um, of another one of our recordings that we just recorded. And I should say that this recording is also in conjunction with the three other duos that have that were on the master course. So oh, we cool. all recorded like 20 minutes of music and put out on an album called Voyage à Paris. <laughs> and it's on, uh, on B Records, some French label. And it is on Spotify, Apple Music. Oh, so we can, we can listen. I'll put the link in the show notes. I'll put the link to it in the show notes so my listeners cool. can, can yeah, hear the yeah, whole yeah. So voyage. All, <laughs> yes. So we, um, the next song is the fourth song from Korngold's Lieder des Abschieds. Oh my, I love corn gold. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I've never heard these. Yeah. So. So this one is called Gefaster Abschied, which means resigned farewell. Oh, are we going to be sad? Well, kind of like bittersweet. Okay, okay, okay. Should yeah. we maybe read a translation? Yes, I'll read a translation again by the... Fabulous Richard Stokes. So, resigned farewell. Uh, and the poet is Ernst Lothar. Lothar. And I don't know anything about him, so don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know anything about him either. <laughs> so he was someone. That. He was someone fabulous, probably. Okay, so a little bit about Ernst Lothar, uh, because I had actually never heard of him before. His pen name uh, is Ernst Lothar Müller, and he was an Austrian writer, playwright, screenwriter. So he was born in 1890. He's mostly known for his literary works and uh, his work specifically with the world of theater and film. So he began his career as a journalist, and he later turned to fiction writing, and he explored a lot of themes relating to his Jewish heritage, and Austrian identity. Um, one of his most famous works is the novel The Angel with the Trumpet, which
which was written in 1945. One of his notable plays is called The Burning Bush, which was written in 1930, and that was dealing with the rise of anti-Semitism in Austria. And that was later actually adapted into a film. So because he was of Jewish descent, due to the rise of the Nazi regime in Germany and Austria, he was forced to flee his home country. So he eventually settled in the United States during World War II, and he continued his writing and screenwriting career there and died in New York City in 1974. Okay, back to the conversation. Okay, resigned farewell. Do not weep that I am now going. Be cheerful and let me kiss you. If joy does not bloom when we are near, it will greet you more chastely from afar. Take these flowers that I have picked, red china roses and carnations. Shake off the sorrow that oppressed you. The heart's blossom cannot wither. Do not smile a bitter smile. Do not push me aside in silence. A soft breeze will soon fan you once more. Love will soon escort you. Give me your hand without trembling. Give me all your rapture to this last kiss. Be not afraid of tempests. After storms, the sun rises more resplendently. So, take one last look at the lovely lime tree, beneath which no eye ever saw us. Believe, oh, believe, I shall find you again, for they who sowed love with a smile shall reap its harvest. Oh, I love that. Isn't that sweet? It's like, it's, it's a it's... bit, it's a bit camp. We, <laughs> we love a bit of camp. We well, I do of, love, like... I do love a good reference to a lime tree rendezvous. <laughs> I know, right? It's everywhere in German. It is, it is. And I, yeah, it's yeah. kind of like a little wink there at the end, beneath which no eye ever saw us. Exactly. Like, ooh, we had our little <laughs> secret time together. Mm-hmm, and we don't mm-hmm. we don't need to say it out loud what, what it was, but we both know what it was. But we both know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love this. I love this. Um, so, Corn Gold, what can you tell? Can you tell us anything about Corn Gold before we take a listen to um, his setting of this wonderful text? Yes, so he wrote these. Uh, these are his Opus 14, four songs of like farewell songs in 1920. And again, I'm not good with dates or anything, but Corn Gold left um, Europe and moved to America at some point in his life and became like a real Hollywood composer. Mm-hmm. and um, wrote some scores for films and other things like that. And so his music really has this like filmic quality and it does, mm-hmm. but it also kind of references um, modernism in Europe at the same time, because there's lots of like crunchy harmonies that, you know, you can hear a bit of Schoenberg or a bit of um, Berg or some other composers that were writing at the time. And what I really like about Korngold's music is that, it, well, especially this song, he really marries the text and the inflection of the text of the, the German uh, with the musical line Ooh. itself. So you can really hear the voice as if it was speaking, but it's always on pitch and always sung beautifully. And um, underneath the piano is just kind of like a, not, it's not background at all, but it's, it's just helping along. There's mm. moments where it shines through, but then it's just really kind of helping. I really, I, I imagine some soldier singing this to his loved one and just kind of mm. sitting down and just like kind of improvising the piano part almost. Mm. It feels like that. Ooh, I like that. 
Okay, so a little bit about Korngold, because I have not yet covered him on the podcast. He was the son of a music critic, and it was clear early on that he was a child prodigy. He had an active career in theater throughout Europe while he was in his 20s. He did a lot of conducting and composing, and soon garnered the attention of the filmmaker Max Reinhardt. Reinhardt wanted Korngold to make an arrangement of Mendelssohn's A Midsummer Night's Dream for the film version that Reinhardt was making. Korngold eventually came to write a number of film scores and was well established as a leading composer of film music. The biographer Brendan G. Carroll described Korngold's style thusly, treating each film as an opera without singing, so each character has his or her own leitmotif, Korngold created intensely romantic, richly melodic, and contrapuntally intricate scores, the best of which are a cinematic paradigm for the tone poems of Richard Strauss and Franz Liszt. He intended that, when divorced from the moving image, these scores could stand alone in the concert hall. His style exerted a profound influence on modern film music. Korngold eventually became a naturalized citizen of the United States, and he died in Los Angeles in November 1957. Okay, back to the conversation. And it, you're right. I, I always thought it had kind of like an old Hollywood type of sweep to it. Yeah. And uh, harmonic vocabulary is so lush and nostalgic, and you just get carried away. And I did not realize that he actually became a Hollywood composer. Yeah, yeah. He 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 left Germany. I can't or Europe, and I can't remember why necessarily. It was probably because of a war. It was always because of a war then. <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, he he made made a name for himself, kind of like Rachmaninoff did. I mean, it's the same it's the same time period as Rachmaninoff mm, and mm -hmm. and uh, all these other guys that were writing kind of this neo romantic style which was gosh i sure do love that neo-romantic thing it's really, <laughs> some of my it's, favorite stuff i think it's i think it's i think for a while like when modernism really took over in like the 60s and 70s and like experimental music became the forefront of music in general it became very kitsch to like Rachmaninoff or Korngold or other composers like that but now they're really having a renaissance because i think people just want to be refreshed and taken away by it and th they're always popular always popular with audiences it's yes really nice. um question was this originally written for piano or was it originally written for orchestra and this is a reduction uh originally written for piano oh amazing and um it, i think it was orchestrated i'm pretty sure it was orchestrated um the score that you're looking at we've had it transposed up from the score that you're looking at Okay, cool. Well, ooh, time signature 3444. Yeah. Wow, complicated stuff we got going on. Yes. Oh, I'm excited. Okay, well, let's take a listen, shall we? Can't wait. Okay, here we go. Das Glück nicht aus der Nähe, verwirf jetzt dich keusche Grüßen. Nimm diese Blume, dich pflück. 
just love it <laughs> it's a cool song right it's really cool and you know it was there was one thing that really stood out to me you have all of this crazy chromaticism right and it's all kind of moving around you're basically getting assaulted by accidentals <laughs> yeah <laughs> and honestly. then this one line where he says um Dizona. It's like mi re do. Right? Like, it's yeah. like the simplest melody. Like we didn't just sing all over the place, you know, every which way and the other. <laughs> and we just yeah, finished exactly. with a nice mi re do. <laughs> yeah, it's for the, for the amount of accidentals in this. If I got paid per amount of accidental in this, I mean, I'd be a rich, rich man. <laughs> you know, we really should start charging that way. <laughs> For sure. Uh, I Especially also... something has to be transposed, because I did learn this in the original key. Oh, first, my transpose it and God. it's a yeah with a composer it. like Korngold that is really a disaster because it really does the way you originally input it it kind of wants to stay that way both both like visually and orally I feel like yeah definitely and then like if I play something in a new key and suddenly I hear different spots differently like different chord progressions differently and i think oh god is that the right is that actually right yes or yes 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 did i learn it wrong or <laughs> i know exactly what you mean yeah yeah really weird um i also the the ending was so 
tender in a way. I mean, you know, all of the poetry was tender, but I, I still didn't expect the ending to be as tender as it was. And slightly yeah. playful. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I loved that mix. Yeah, I think I think that's why it's more bittersweet than, you know, the poetry could be read as like, extremely sad and I'm going right. to leave you forever it's maybe who knows mm. but actually I think that the poem is more like oh don't worry I'm just going away for a little while and you know that I love you and we'll see each other again right there's there's real hope in it there's not like it's not like usual German dramatics which is like exactly. I will leave you now <laughs> and I may never see you again. it's not Krieger's Anung but <laughs> you <Yeah>. mean <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is a fabulous song and poem, but you know, totally, but a much different vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um. So, what drew you to this piece? Like, did you both choose it together, or was it? Did Ted bring it to the table, or did you bring it to the table? I brought it to the table. I learned, I learned them at Guildhall, and I'm with with our friend Bianca Andrew. Do you? Oh you yes, know I do remember Bianca. And she loves corngold. So she, these were some of the first things that we worked on together. And I had never done any corngold before. And trying to learn these, I remember sitting in the small practice rooms by Guildhall and just wanting to tear my hair out because I couldn't make sense <laughs> of the music. The music was just so bizarre to me. I had no idea what was going on. But it really has this kind of like Viennese lilt to it. Mm -hmm through all of it. And um, so I brought it to Ted because we were thinking of um, bringing some German for the weeks that we had German teachers at, on this master course. And um, we didn't really want to bring anything too standard. Um, we brought some standard things, but we wanted to really focus on, on some like non-standard stuff. So mm -hmm. this, even though it's slightly standard, um, we decided on this because he, he really liked it and we just needed to get them transposed because they're originally for like high mezzo, baritone, high baritone kind of mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I have heard tenors do them before. I, I don't know if they've done them in, in different keys or not. But mm -hmm. uh, anyway, so I brought them to him and he really liked them and we just learned them from there. I wonder if there's a favorite part that you have within this particular song. So I really like like you said, the moments where that's so entangled mm -hmm. chromatically. Yes. But then it just kind of like opens up and like blooms into like this like completely normal chord. Yes. Um, for example, like, um, Gib deine Hand mir ohne Zittern, which has after like a bunch of like chromatic, weird sounding is he playing the right note or not chords in the left hand? <laughs> and then it just kind of fizzles out into this like gorgeous E flat major or E major harmony. Yes. Um, and I also, I love, um, I love the ending because it, it does have the chords underneath the vine and niece, like mm -hmm. do not, don't cry, don't cry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it, it really has this like gravitas to it. Yes. But like you said, it also has this, da-dee-dum, ba-dee-dum, playful kind of quality to it. Like, it's it's not so serious. Right, right. Um, it always has kind of a bit of a smile after it. And that bum-bee-da-dum, that, that theme throughout the whole um, song is kind of like Landler, kind of like yes. skipping through the Alps, like ba-dee-da-dum, ya-da-da-da. Yes, yes. yes, absolutely. Almost yodeling or something. <laughs> yes, um, 
Yeah, so that's that. Those are the two spots that I really like. It's funny because the second someone puts corn gold in front of me, I'm like, oh my god, this this is gonna be a thing. But then it's so satisfying. It's similar to the Debussy that you brought to us in that way. I feel like where it takes mm. a good deal of time to make sense of it all and kind of put yeah. all the puzzle pieces together. And even the fact that this is in three four and four four, right? Um, yeah. Once it kind of notches again, notches into place, it just it feels absolutely incredible. I think the, the yeah. WC maybe feels a little bit more like wearing silk where this kind of the way it notches in, it feels like you've really learned the steps to a complicated dance and are truly yeah, embodying it. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah, that's how it feels when you're learning it for sure. Yeah. It, it does It does kind of mean that you need to go measure, measure by measure, bar by bar for a bit, but yeah, yeah uh, after sure. a while after a while all kind of fits together and that's the magic moment I, when you sit down you finally play it through and you're like oh yes 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 <laughs> okay. i love that I, I that happens all the time when you're learning something you're like oh my god i hate this i hate this i hate this even though you know i love you know i love this i hate it i hate yeah. it and then suddenly you sit down one day and oh my god there it is yeah <laughs> Your brain has made the connections. <laughs> the little, that like, it the needs to little make. neurons have actually connected. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I always say that, um, you know, watching you, I was just telling Sam this, Samuel Martin, the um, director of the CSI. Um, yeah. I, I was just telling him yesterday, you know, because we're sitting down to record this today, and I said, piano playing never makes more sense than when I watch Dylan play. And oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> and I have thought that since the first time I watched you play, and it was evidence to me of your right to maintain that mythical status. <laughs> but also, I feel like in, in, in things like these songs you've brought us today, that ability to really make sense of the music, um, it's just, it's really evident in these recordings and how you would never know from listening, you would never know just what an absolute um, <laughs> chaotic, yeah, chromatic uh, forest it looks like. On the yeah. You would not know that. Um, carnage. From, yeah, absolute carnage. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it um, from listening to you play. And, and uh, yeah, my only regret is that I couldn't actually physically watch, watch your hands play this because I know it would make even more sense. <laughs> <laughs> that's sweet thank you well i you know you know how much work it takes and it does take a lot of work and i uh, had a lot of help through the process so uh, dylan i've had so much fun with you today listening to these recordings and just seeing your face it's been such a treat because actually i just saw you in person for the first time in years just saw you in person what was it like two weeks ago not even a week yeah. ago wasn't it yeah, well, you've been all over the world since then, but yes, uh -huh. it's, it was only like a week and a half ago. Yeah. It, yeah, it's been so nice. Thank you for having me on. I'm really happy to share these two songs with you yes. and plug my CD. <laughs> yes, your CD. <laughs> uh, can you tell us once again where our listeners can find this album? Yes, so this album is called Voyage à Paris and or voyage à Paris for our French <laughs> listeners and uh, you can find it on Spotify it should be up on Apple Music by now Deezer Tidal uh, Amazon Music it's all the places we find music <laughs> yes exactly um, and if you're also interested I a few years ago recorded the complete songs of Samuel Barber 
And that is also available to find on all your streaming platforms. Oh, amazing. And includes 19 world premieres. So oh my get goodness. your ears around that. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, we'll definitely have to check that out. And do you also do like coachings both virtually and in person? You are based mm-hmm. in London. So if people would like to meet with you in person, maybe they could reach out to you um, via social media. Can you tell us where to find you on the socials? Yeah, I'm best found on Instagram. I don't really know Twitter, and I've never opened TikTok. So, <laughs> and I, I'm only 33. It makes me sound like I'm 65, but you know. Um, you kind of uh, do so have a little find... bit of an old lady vibe, but it like yeah. I really dig it. It works for you. <laughs> I like I like old ladies. Why not? That sounded weird, but okay. Um, <laughs> so on Instagram, which is my preferred social, you can find me at. Perezalicious. P-E-R-E-Z-A-L-I-C-I-O-U-S. Perezalicious. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you for not making me spell that out for everyone. <laughs> I had to really think about that for a minute. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, thank you so much um, for being here. And yeah, we're going to definitely have to have you back because this was too much fun. And you have so many other good recordings. And there's just so much nerdy stuff for us to chat about. So um... I love it. Anytime that you want me back, I will be here. Okay, sounds good. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Well, kids, uh, I think you can tell we kind of like nerding out about song. (laughs) That was just so much fun. Um, I love Dylan, and it's hard to get us to stop gabbing about this stuff, but uh, somehow we were able to wrap it up in under an hour. I can't thank Dylan enough for joining us on today's episode, and also a big thank you to you. Yes, you, listener, for spending your time with me here today on Follow the Leader. Remember that Follow the Leader can be found in all the usual podcasty places. And please, if you like what you hear, leave a review. It is truly the best way you can support the podcast. Follow the Leader is a production of Cincinnati Song Initiative. You can learn more about their network of podcasts at cincinnatisonginitiative.org forward slash podcasts. You can also follow me on Instagram at leadernerd. That's at L-I-E-D-E-R-N-E-R-D. See you later, nerds! put animals away or is it okay if they make noise oh us? i think your animals are adorable and i don't mind if they make noise from every now and then okay. I, my oh my god my animal is busy being a shark wait let me grab him for a second so you can see him <laughs> Lyle. oh look who it is look, look who it's glenn <laughs> I've never had two dogs on the podcast at the same time across a sea and a continent. Oh, Thor's actually watching. I think Thor's seen Glenn. I don't think Glenn has seen Thor. (laughs) Look. Oh, there he goes. Oh, he's crying. Oh, that oh my god thor knew that that was a dog <gasps> yeah glenn glenn what? looks at dogs on the screens all the time does he yeah glenn, oh my no. god that is
so funny. Okay, so maybe we opened a can of worms introducing yeah. our dogs. All right, well, that was the first dog meet on this okay. episode on uh, Follow the Leader. Fabulous. <laughs> if you love this podcast, then you'll love the Song Cycle podcast, also by Cincinnati Song Initiative. Song Cycle introduces the coolest and awesomest leaders of the song world today and dives into getting to know them and their unique stories, where they think song in the 21st century is headed, and lots of other great topics. If you're looking for your next source of inspiration as you continue on your own musical journey as a song lover, look no further than Song Cycle with me, your host, Sam Martin. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and join the conversation.